Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Get your brand on board with our podcast and a sponsorship campaign and get into the earphones of 100,000 plus highly engaged music and comedy fans within our show and across ACAST's other famous podcasts. I'll even come up with a creative for you. Get in touch via producerpool.co.uk and we'll have a chat about how it works. A Funny Taste in Music with Andrew Bird. Funny Taste in Music, it is Hello. Uh, You can rearrange that sentence yourself. It's a Funny Taste in Music, everyone. Uh, This week is Josh Pugh. This is going to be a quick intro. I'm not going to lie to you. I need to leave this house in four minutes. Um... It's uh, Josh Pugh. I've gigged with him loads. I didn't say this to him. I should have said this to him. He has one, possibly one of my favourite jokes, which is, hello, my name's Josh Pugh. That's not my real name. Uh, it's my stage name. My real name is Johnny Show Business. One of my absolute favourite jokes. And uh, I had no idea that me and him pretty much love the same music. So this this was an absolute pleasure of a chat. Um, he's got loads of funny videos on YouTube and Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. I don't often say that. In fact, I don't think I've ever said that about anyone. But follow him on Twitter and Facebook because he does really funny, funny videos. That are just him filming himself. And he's a really funny actor. Anyway, uh, so yeah, come and see me on my tour, please. Would you please uh, go to uh, andrewbergcomedian.com, donate to the Patreon page, listen to these adverts at your leisure. And upcoming now is Josh Pugh. A funny taste in music. The interview next. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'll tell you what I like that you've been doing. You do some funny videos on... Um I watch nearly all of your videos. Oh yeah, they do. Um, they do. I like the videos. I'm trying to think. I just, if I have an idea, I do it. I don't kind of put any pressure on myself to, you know, get stuff out or think of stuff. If stuff comes to me, and I think it's good, I'll put it out. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's how I do it, really. But you might laugh at this. You're a really good actor. Do you think so? I think you're a brilliant actor, like comedy yeah. actor. The, yeah. Uh, the bit you did recently I liked is uh, someone on Line of Duty who's definitely guilty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started... yeah, Thanks for bringing me in to question me. Yeah, you did... shows you're doing your job properly. Yeah, no, no, happy to help. Brilliant acting. I thought it was great. It's because when we started watching that from the start, I hadn't seen any of it. And oh. when you watch everything back to back, you can kind of see... Uh, you can see the tropes the better. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's... Uh... Oh, so yeah. you, heard, you heard about Line of Duty and then... Heard everyone's into it and thought, I've not watched any of them, and you've gone right through it. That's literally it. Cool, you've had a busy few weeks then. But, mate, it can, it's great. It can, not that me and my wife are in trouble, but it can keep a good box set, can keep a marriage going. It gives, especially during these times, I found when we've had something we're in the middle of watching and we know we're, we know we're watching that for definite tonight, it just gives a, gives a day a bit of shape, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And it's just an hour where you're not thinking about anything else. Other than police corruption, and it's you know it's 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 nice. So my my wife actually she's uh, she's looking for a job, and there was a job of a crime scene admin or something. Yeah, and she went, I'd love that. I went, I don't I don't know if you could put Netflix as a reference, <laughs> but mate, honestly, it would um, it would influence me if I was like now if I got called up to jury jury service. <laughs> and there was, there was yeah. some kind of accusation against a police officer. I'd be much more likely to give it some credence because of what I've been watching. Good point. Good point. You'd be like, yeah, there's there's, some, there's something here. Dots probably involved. Yeah. I don't know if you've got yeah. there yet. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. If Steve Arnott's on the he, uh, on the uh, somewhere yeah. on the bench, there's definitely something happening, isn't there? Yeah, he's an absolute womanizer, Steve Arnott. What, in the show? In the show, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. He's just... I, I thought you meant you know him in real life. <laughs> a little little line of duty scoop. I yeah. do know someone who knows him, and uh, you've probably seen him in other things. It's funny when you see him interviewed how strong his Scottish accent is. 
Oh, Steve Arnott's a Scottish guy. Exactly. Find an find a, uh, interview with him. Jonathan Ross recently, I think. Yeah. Well Scottish. Scottish. That's mad, man. Like, I watched... I, um, I went back and watched all the old bands, Band of Brothers. Did you ever see that when it was on? No. It was brilliant. It's like um, a war thing. Like, it was Spielberg and Tom Hanks directed it. Oh, yeah, it yeah. Years yeah. ago. And there's loads of British actors in it playing American paratroopers. Right. It's just, it's it makes no sense. You've got like, I think Simon Pegg's in it at one point. Yeah, they've got actors in America, haven't they? You'd think you'd give them a chance, wouldn't you? But Yeah, my, my wife had no idea that Hugh Laurie is English. Yeah. Is I he, said, for fuck, you watch Blackadder, this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, um, same as that Stephen Graham, he's in it. He's in um, Bandit Brothers. Why is he a hard man in everything? He's about four foot. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, a hot, every, he's, he plays a hard man in everything. I am, uh, yeah, I've got a real problem with this at the moment. To me, I don't know if you've noticed this, I'm sure you've noticed, there's about 12 actors on British telly that do everything. Yeah. The one who was in series two of Line of Duty and she was in The Bodyguard and she was in Finding Alice recently. Yeah. I now, she's a brilliant actress, but if I turn, if my wife puts something on and she's in it, I'm like, I can't, I can't, I cannot. She was in... Um, I've seen more of her than my own family in the last year. <laughs> she was in It's a Sin as well. She's the mum in yeah. It's a Sin. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, that I did think that. Uh, at the, she was in it barely at all. And I thought, this is weird. An actress of her level that she's yeah. in everything. She's bare. And then the last episode, you went, oh yeah, that's why she's in it. She's a complete She then bitch, steals it at the end. But it's... Um, you, you feel proud of yourself when you're watching something and recognise, oh, that's her from that. Yeah. You feel, wife. you get a little endorphin rush of... My wife is the absolute bollocks at that. And she really? did one, this will blow your mind, she did one that forever, I think, well, she's the best at this. We were watching, uh, you remember The Good Wife? No, yeah. no, no, not The Good Wife, Desperate Housewives. Yep. Yep. So uh, Tom in Desperate Housewives, we're watching it and she suddenly goes, Team Wolf. Uh, what? He was in Teen Wolf. Amazing. He's the one who drinks the Brad. I think it's called Brad or something. He drinks the milk. Yeah. And he takes it seriously. And he's right. annoyed. He's annoyed that the wolf is not passing. The one, it's probably quite easy now looking back, but have you seen the, the Queen's Gambit? No. But the one of the main chess players in that is the kid from About a Boy. The, oh, that's that, not a from good about one. a boy from um, Love Actually, the drummer, the drummer kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. When you notice somebody who's a child actor, yeah, you're buzzing with that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, proper buzzing. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't even, you're not even thinking of the uh, show you're watching after that. You just sort of nailed that. It is. It's like, um, yeah, it's like the puzzle. It's like finishing a puzzle, isn't it? It's like a good oh, feeling. Yeah. What. Uh, what do you think? I was talking because my wife, she's obsessed with serial killer documentaries, and I was thinking about this. That as human beings, it doesn't show. We all, all are. A lot of people are. If you look at the amount of uh, Netflix specials and Netflix documentaries about serial killers, mm. there's a lot more than there are documentaries about charity workers. Yeah, absolutely. There's something about and and prison stuff as well. There's loads of prison stuff. We watch a lot of like. Toughest jails, death thing, row. And, yeah, and any any film where there's a prison in it, I don't know. It's because it's it's I don't know. It's you're like a tourist in that world, aren't you? Yeah, I I do you know I often um you know when a train is delayed four minutes, 
that sudden surge of claustrophobia and stress and everything you have no control over your own life yeah so you're at the complete mercy of the train system for four minutes mm. i nearly have a panic attack i don't think i'd last a life sentence <laughs> but then i think you'd amaze yourself what you'd settle into what the human well yeah mind if, you would... it, if you said before lockdown what lockdown's going to be yeah you think I can't do it, but then yeah. we all did it. No, agreed. And then it's to the point where it's now a bit nervous. You know, some people are a bit nervous about coming out again. So yeah, it's um, it, I, I'd be terrible. I, I'd break and I'd, I'd snitch as well. I'd be, I'd, I'd grass on everyone. I know that's not the worst thing you could do in a prison or in, no, in a, cr- no, in a gang. Definitely. Or you know, like when they get somebody and tie them up and like, start getting drills out and stuff. I'm like, just yeah. tell them what you know now. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Just tell them. What the... It's like yeah. the thing is the worst thing to do. Like you've, you've grasped. Yeah, you've killed two people, mate. I've, do you know what I mean? You're the. <laughs> Why am I the baddie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon they ever use the phrase baddie to each other? Yeah. You're such a baddie. You're the baddie. You grasped. You killed four people. <laughs> I often think as well. Do you think, you know, serial killer? Did you watch The Serpent? Um, yes, I did, yeah. Um, what that was, was brilliant. Alan. Yeah. That was incredible. Uh, we used line of duty as the, the, the marker there. We're like, this is as good as line of duty. Yeah. Um, but do you think serial killers who have books written about them and documentaries and films made about them are aware of it and are quite chuffed? Because he's alive in prison. Yeah. He must oh. be like, there's, there's an eight-part BBC series about me. That's decent, isn't it? Like yeah. we're we're trying so hard to get stuff away, and we're not getting we're not even getting close to getting on BBC Two. No, S- six one hour episodes. Imagine what you'd have to do as a comic to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in prison. He, do you think he's watched it? Where they they all gather out and he's like they talk, they all talk about it, like like talking about football players talking about a game. They go, oh bloody hell, I can't believe you got away with that one. Oh, that she was so heavy. <laughs> to move that body it's a lot harder than people think moving a body I know I know they should do <laughs> like um, you know like when they do The Apprentice You're Fired or The Bake yeah. of Extra Slice they should like they should have goggle box of them watching it from their cell yeah yeah and then, and then some thick twat going so did you get caught <laughs> yeah mate yeah think where we're watching this from <laughs> anyway Anyway, this this is if this was a podcast about what we've watched recently on telly, we're fucking nailing this. Yeah, that was um yeah, absolutely. But uh quick gear change, music. because mm. um, we we did a gig together in Switzerland. Yeah. Um gigs uh and there's been a few people on this podcast that I've done gigs abroad with. I've noticed there's a that because once you've done a gig abroad with someone, you've spent you've spent a lot of time in their company. Yeah, because you have like, um, a couple of days constantly together walking around. Yeah, and it's just you. It's just you two, not versus everyone else. Yeah, but it's but... it's like I, I watched. This is different, but I watched. Um, I'm not into cricket, but I watched England play India in the cricket the other week. Yeah, and there was two kind of tail end batsmen who aren't the best batsmen. Yeah, I love that. In the middle of the field in India, surrounded by the Indian players and the crowd. <laughs> and it's them two trying to hang on and do what they can do in a difficult environment. Yeah. And I thought this is like doing a gig, just two comics doing a gig abroad. Oh, that's a good reference. I like that. Yeah. That is exactly it. Yeah. Everything's against you. Yeah. They're all nipping at you. You haven't, you know, all all of your, this is not your skill set. 
Yeah. Like, like properly, but you've got to do what you've got to do for the team. Yeah, that's it. That's and exactly then, it. And you're both, you know, you're trying to stay on for as long as you can. Although, can you feel 40 minutes abroad? That's difficult. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're hanging in. <laughs> that's exactly it. Every yeah. joke is that you're taking it ball by ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like that, it. that didn't get much, just a straight bat. Just a safety <laughs> shot with that. Yeah, absolutely. But now it's, um, you, you do, but... Yeah, that, that was a good trip, to be fair. It's, it seems mental that you could do that ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Yeah, we go to Switzerland and do a gig in a small room to people. That's, that, that feels like a different world now. And we, yeah, we just sort of, you just walk around chatting. I don't think we've talked about music at all. So I have no idea what kind no, of think, music you're into. I think we did. I think you were telling me, I remember you telling me about, um, you're a big fan of, oh, what is it? Jesus is a Rochdale girl, is it? Elbow. Oh, el- did I tell you about that? El- elbow lyrics, yeah. I just listened to that just the other day. Yeah. Wow, I haven't stopped that obsession. It's lovely, isn't it, el- Elbow? I'm not massively into Elbow, but it's lovely. Oh, it's, it's a, a poet. Yeah, it? it's, it's different. It's a different experience, isn't it? Yeah, he, uh, I like with Guy Garve. Because I do you think some, some music, some lyrics, is quite close to observational stand-up. You're taking something... That everyone's felt or thought, yeah. And uh, with stand-ups, we're trying to make that as funny as possible, yeah. And they're trying to put it to a melody. I watched the. Um, you seen the Paul Heaton documentary? No. Who's Paul Heaton? Paul again? He's from uh, the Beautiful South and the the House Martins. Oh right. Oh no, I didn't know. His and name, he's literally yeah. doing what a stand-up does. He's going around, noticing things, writing it in a book, and ah. then just sits down and makes it into a song. It's literally like watching a stand-up. It's like it's like watching Seinfeld in the the comedian or whatever. Right. I'll oh, definitely watch that. But for music, yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, some some of Guy Garvey's lyrics, um, working your finger to the nub, and stuff like that. Yeah, brilliant. I love all that. Um, um, so I don't know if, if people have said this on here, but you know when everybody loves the music when they're like. 1718 that's yeah. what stays with them yeah so for me the album was um whatever people say i'm that's what i'm not arctic monkeys yeah and that is literally observational stuff that, that but, but be... really really small like alan cochran style <laughs> observations <laughs> he'd be delighted to hear that yeah i that would be the other example i give of two of my favorite lyricists is Guy Garvey and Alex Turner. Yeah. I've spoke about this with, uh, I tell you who's a massive Arctic Monkeys fan, um, Ivo Graham. Yeah. And we were discussing loads of Arctic Monkeys lyrics. They're just, yeah. So he, he'll, he'll be, I imagine he'll be a similar age to me, Ivo Graham. So he would have been a similar age when it came out. So you like last year of school, first year at college. Ah, oh, so they're your oasis. That was my oasis. Yeah, that's it. And just so, is it from the view from the afternoon, yeah, it, it says she won't be surprised and she won't be shocked when she presses the star after she presses the lock and there's verse in chapter sat in her inbox and all that it says that you've drank a lot that's incredible he's I was talking to Tom Rigglesworth about I said what is it about his lyrics he says his lyrics are like um, oh, I forgot the example he used now but uh, like a, a version of poetry where there's rhythm to his words as well is it iambic pentameter is that the that's like, it's like a rhythm of speech in yeah. like Sh- Shakespeare used to do it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Alex Turner has that. 
It's just, I, I, I love uh, that first album. I listened to that during, I can't remember what Edinburgh it was, but I had that on for the yeah. whole of an Edinburgh. Just con- to the point where I'm like, I'm going to ruin this for myself if I keep listening to this. Yeah. But I just couldn't stop. And then it's one of them where you get to the end of the album and you have to go, come on, don't don't put it on again. You, you're gonna, <laughs> you've put it on again, haven't you? You've put yeah. it on again. Um, I love a Suck It and See, that album. Yeah, very underrated album like um, Love Is A Laser Quest. Yeah. Reckless Serenade, great, yeah. great songs. Uh, uh, the one I always go on about is the one "Suck It and See" the lyrics. Mm. Um, uh, it's not a skirt girl; that's a sawn-off shotgun. I can yeah. only hope you got it aimed at me. Unbelievable lyrics. Yeah, the, uh, uh, what was the other bit? Um, I love. Uh, um, you're rarer than a can of dandelion and burdock, and those yeah. other girls who just post-mix lemonade. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it get better um, than that. Similar to um, the elbow stuff, it's kind of. It's kind of tinged with like Britishness and like working class stuff. So what I was saying about the uh, she presses a staff to she presses a lock. That's a, unlocking an old Nokia. So there's nostalgia in it as well. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it's so rich in it and so great. Yeah, you, uh, you know, there's some songs where you know, have you done? You find yourself doing that where, as they're singing, you can kind of guess the next verse or what it's going to rhyme with yeah angel will probably be the rhyme with this and stuff yeah. like that but with arctic monkeys and elbow there's no way you can do that no sometimes when you listen to it for the first time some of their stuff you're like wow yeah and that's like that's like good stand-up it's the same thing and it you should never predict what's so when it comes and it's not and it's a bit surprising but also makes sense yeah. It's satisfying. Like, you thought it was going to be that, but when it's one better, you know, when someone does a joke and you think, oh, he's going to do this, yeah. then it's an example which is one better, which you wouldn't have got to. Yeah. It's so satisfying, isn't it, to listen to. Not to equate yeah. everything to stand up, but, you know. Uh, well, I think I think we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it all revolves around. Do, it, do you do it, Birdie, when you're listening to music? Do you, I don't know if this is, I imagine it's me who's written and performing the song. Yeah, I quite often, uh, um, I quite often imagine me singing it. Yeah. To adoring fans. Yeah. You know, not not showy, just a bit Johnny Marr, just sort of head down. Yeah. I'm all about the. I'm all about the song. Yeah, or even like not even in a big venue, just in the corner of a place. Like this guy's. This yeah. guy's good, you know. Like not even like main stage giving it loads. Just yeah, this guy's not bad. To be fair, he's quite good. My you know, I'm not. A fr- I'm not a front man. I'm just there to serve the song. I'm there for the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a vehicle. But you, you, you in your head pretend you wrote these this song. Just, just think. Imagine how proud you'd be if you'd written that, or how good it is. Do you know what I mean, especially songs that like relate to your life or mean something to you. It's like, oh, imagine if I'd. Imagine how good everybody think I'd be if I come up with this. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing with stand-up. Uh, it's sort of throwaway a bit, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, sometimes you get a really good bit that people quote or people tell other people. It's quite rare, but to have a song recorded must yeah. be must be really satisfying and quite frustrating that you then can't tinker with it. You can yeah. live, but yeah. that's set in stone. I remember, I remember uh, someone telling me about 
you don't think of that. Stereophonics, Kelly Jones was saying how some some of the songs they recorded, that was like only the third time they played it. Yeah. They've thought that's of it, written it, got it down, gone, fuck, that's good. But then like, think of it a month later going, oh, I could have done that. And you can't change it then because the fans won't have it. They want, no. their, they want how they know it. Like, yeah. can, you, can you think of any examples where you've seen something live and it's different to the recording and it's worked? Um, yeah, quite. Uh, there's quite a lot of, um, with Oasis, there's quite a lot of Noel Gallagher doing stuff acoustic mm. and it's him instead of Liam. Yeah. And you go, oh, fuck, that's sort of, that must be how he Makes wrote sense. it. And sometimes you think, well, he wrote it like that. Fuck it. Good job Liam's his brother. Yeah. Because he took that to another level. And then, yeah, there's some time, there's, then there's some bits where you've gone, oh, why did Liam ignore the way he sang? I like where, uh, I can't even describe what it is, but I like when they sing sing a word and there's a change in sort of note halfway through a word. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that where you sing a word straight, sing it straight. And then the third chorus, you just slightly... John That's Lennon it. does that a lot. You're, you're you know wait, what I mean by that? I know exactly what you mean. You're, you're, and you're waiting for it. Yeah. You're waiting for it. The um, example I can think of where it's different live to when it's recorded. One of my favourite songs is um, My Ever-Changing Moods by The Style Council. Oh, all right. And Paul Weller does a live version of it, more guitar Oh, and it's incredible. Steve, um, Steve White, you know, the drummer, he's in it. It's, Steve White, I, yeah, he's Alan White's brother, isn't he? From yeah. was in Oasis, yeah, yeah. And he, I think he's married to Shelley from East End, uh, Coronation Street. Steve White is. All <laughs> right. Yeah, um, Matt, I'll send it to you. It's such, so rich musically. It's a, it's an amazing song, and it's like a live, a live environment. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the thing where sometimes seeing a band live. Even an album you've absolutely loved or a song you love and then you see it live and it changes it completely how you see it. Yeah. And makes it even better. Yeah. Like, I already love that song, but sweet Jesus. I had that with um Velvet Morning by The Verve. If you Verve, heard that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. Um uh Urban Hymns. Yeah. And that's I, that's not a single that. It's not a single, and I'd it's never an really incredible give, song, isn't it? I never really given it any time on the album, and then I saw it live, and I was like, "This is the best song." Oh, I love that when that happens—an album track that yeah. you've just sort of you've listened oh, to. Excuse me, mate. It's all right. My phone's ringing. That sounds like this is. A, what do you think to this musically? It sounds like a daytime TV theme tune. Yeah, it does. Yeah, back to. Um, Alison Hammond's about to come on and... Yeah, yeah. Sorry, mate, let me turn this off. I thought I'd turn I that thought off. Eamon Holmes was going to start talking then. <laughs> he's, he's, on, he's done some hours on TV, hasn't he? Think of the hours he's done on live TV. Yeah. He's had to do some padding, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, well, like, no one... like, like yourself then when my phone was... No wonder going... he seems so angry. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. He must be getting paid all right. Um, I... Uh... Uh, hang on, what were we saying then? We was on about Velvet Morning. Oh yeah, yeah. the I lo- yeah. When there's an album track as well that you absolutely love, mm. uh, and you've you've just gone for a while, you've just sort of you've liked it, but it's just been like background music for you while you get onto the next single off the album. Yeah, and then suddenly 
you hear that live or I don't know. So, sometimes you're just driving or you're laying in bed and it's on mm. and you listen to it differently. You're like, how, the, how have I not loved that song? Yeah. And then it's, but then you can have it the other way where you'll ignore the singles because they get played on the radio or they're always on. Yeah. Th- then you go back to them and you think, no, these were singles for a reason. These are. Oh, yeah, yeah. You took years and years later. Yeah. You sort of ignored it a bit. Yeah. So, like, good examples like Common People by Paul yeah. on all the time. And then it'll just come on and you'll be like, this is what a song. That-, that used to be my song on a Friday night when I finished work. You go in the pub and the jukebox. You'd start in the same pub you start every Friday. Yeah. I'd, I'd put that on. That'd be the song I'd come in and put on in the jukebox. That's really weird, that. Honestly, I'm not just saying this. I think two days ago that came on the radio and I remember thinking to myself, because you know when song titles become just, uh, like, uh, what's the word, just sort of arbitrary, no, what's the word, abstract. They become what they're, you know, you don't think about what it actually is. Well, you think about that song title when that first came out. There's a song called Common People. Yeah. You know, you don't think of it now. But at the time, people must go, what? What's that song called? Yeah. It's, it's so it's it's so becomes so it's like the um, the big light, yeah. You know, it's become so part of language and yeah, yeah. Culture that it, you but forget actually it was a, a song. A song called "Common People." Yeah, that's quite a risky song title. Like, yeah, oh, what what what? But yeah, do, do you get this? I feel like um, I'm quite mainstream in in my taste. You yeah. know, as, as we're talking here. I don't know if you get it when you're speaking to people and they'll you'll say, like, what are you into? And they'll say something so obscure. And I just think, is that your fav- Is that actually your favourite? Or are you trying to reflect something about your personality? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, music says who you are a bit, mm. doesn't it? And you don't want to be... Uh, I find myself doing that with... Even with mainstream stuff, I'll f- try to uh, not... Talk about like just doing that, not talk about the singles. Go, yeah, well, I like the uh, that album track. Yeah. I don't know why I have to do that. I hear yeah. myself doing it and go, come on. I try and actively do the other way now. You know, like, say, for example, when about stand up and someone mentions Michael McIntyre, and I'll be like, he is brilliant. Yeah. He's absolutely, he's a fantastic comedian, one of the best comedians but in he Britain. Is. You know, and he, he is, but people don't want to say it because it's mainstream and, oh, I'm too cool, I like other stuff. If he's oh, the best, he's the best. I was thinking that the other day about McIntyre when people go, yeah, but he just does stuff about weather and driving. And it's like, yeah, but there is room for that. Yeah. It can be different. And it's like when people slag off musicians and say, well, he just, they just, they just do like stadium rock. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what, they have exactly. to, the next album has to be Romanian space jazz, does it? Like, no, agreed. And it's like, because uh, you wouldn't do it with food, would you? You wouldn't do it with, you, you buy the fruit, you buy apples, oranges and bananas every week. You don't buy ra- weird fruits and, oh, this is the fruit I have, this is the food I... If, it's, if apples are good and that's what you like, have, yeah. them, have them proud, do you know what I mean? Yeah, enjoy them. Don't go, yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm experimenting with... <laughs> I can't even think of another fruit. Uh, I couldn't either, mate. That shows our... What, 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 no... Papaya. I'm I'm going for a papaya this week. I was going to say guava, but I'm not sure if that's some kind. That's of what I was so- going to go software. for. Software. Think of it. I thought it was some kind of, but then I stopped myself thinking, is that come some kind of computer software? I think we both did the same thing in our brains. I went guava, and then thought that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Basically, well, we should we should believe in ourselves more. 
yeah. If we've learned nothing else from this yeah. podcast. But um yeah. So you got into Arctic Monkeys, that's a good I actually that I've said to Ivo that was because people have their their music of uh their kind of generation. Yeah. And that would definitely be I could um because uh, Oasis were like a definite music of a generation and then yeah. people other people had Stone Roses, then other people had mm. the Smiths, then people had uh, Happy Mondays, the Kinks or whoever yeah. the Beatles and then and then you're quite happy when yours cuz you there's a point where your parents go, "Well, I'll tell you what music is." Yeah. And they have that and then you finally have yours where you think, "Well, this can stand up to that." Yeah. And you had that when you had Arctic, that album, that Arctic Monkeys, I was like, that, "That's for our age." I, I That's just our remember, Beatles. I just remember hearing about it before I actually heard it, and it was like, this album's coming out, and it's going to be the biggest album. Yeah, I remember that. And so I just went and got it, and it was like um, it's like a paper one, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, um, I think so. And my, my best mate, it was a few years older than me, he went to Sheffield Uni, Sheffield Hallam Uni. Right, yeah. And it was, so the whole city was obviously buzzing. And then, so I think you had like Reverend and the Makers at the same time, obviously from the same city. Yeah, they've got some great lyrics, by the way, as well. They have. Oh yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's um, very good. I've seen him, uh, seen him supporting Oasis and supporting Kasabian, and he spent his heart like a. He was like a comedian again to refer to comedy. Yeah, he's got he's got that illness that we've all got, where you see the one person in the audience who don't look like they're enjoying it. Yeah. And he spent between every song just berating one bloke <laughs> for not looking like he was enjoying it. Just kept going back to him. Yeah. To the point you could see even the the band were going, all right, just fuck, all right. Everyone else it. is enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. And I really, I really identified with it. I really related to him and liked him even more at that point. Yeah. Just after every song. Is that all right for you? <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. How, how many do you think you need? How many... To, to counteract that one person that isn't enjoying it, how many do you think you need? I don't think there's a number on that. There's like, you know, just to refer to McIntyre again, I supported him on tour and I remember him coming off being annoyed. I was like, there's fucking 14,000 people in here. Yeah. And you're annoyed at a couple of blokes in the front row. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that could ever go. It is a problem, isn't it? It isn't. It isn't. Pre- it, it must be helpful in, in some way, otherwise we we wouldn't do it. it it's got to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It must be. Is that it? Might not be perfect. If because you want a hundred percent. That's what you want. You want a hundred percent laughter from everybody, everything. That's what you want. Yeah. And that, but with music as well. I mean, I must look. If I was stood watching a band that I loved, uh, they would probably think I would be that bloke. Yeah. I've got quite a miserable resting face. I don't jump about ever to I'm music. I'm not a jumper about. I'm I don't dance. Grower. Never no. dance. I'm there to listen. Yeah. I'm there to listen and watch. I enforced, when I was still drinking, I enforced uh, no drink at live gigs rule on myself. Because you need to piss and you're out for your favourite yeah. song. Yeah. I'm not focusing. Yeah. I, find, I, f- I remember watching Crowded House at Wembley and sort of, uh, you know, when you've had just that three, four pint light-headed start yeah. daydreaming and drifting off you know like that it? i thought whoa 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 yeah no I, but, I get i get that yeah then you start weighing up right if, between that song there's a long solo at the end of this i could run to the bar yeah it's like you can fucking drink any night why am i yeah i agree yeah but you um off a bit. are you into um 
the biggest band I'm into at the minute, the new band, well, newer, have you you'd heard uh, the DMAs? Oh, wow. You're the first person who has told me about them. Right. uh, On this podcast, I have mentioned them about five times. Um, I I think, um, uh, um, oh, I forgot his name. Comedian up north, he's into them. Um, But Me, me, Mike Newell and Chris Washington. We we were going to go last year, but they had tickets at the... I think the Castleford Bowl or something. It was obviously cancelled, but they are inc- they're incredible. My my missus loves them. She doesn't like music like me really, but she's like this. What a voice this bloke's got! Yeah, they're they're like you must have had the same thing. Well, that I had when I heard the Arctic Monkeys. I thought of if I was about f- whatever years younger. If I was a teenager, late yeah. teens, uh, which you would have been, this would have been my band. And I can imagine there's now teenagers, DMAs, are there properly their band. Yeah. It's one of them. And they've got, you know, when you see a band with a style. Yeah. Like the, the, the look, the, the dress, like deliver. They do this thing, which I respect in people generally. They deliberately dress shit. <laughs> it's like they're almost saying, like, we're not bothered about, we just want to play music. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I like so, that. They're so, they're so good. Like his voice, like, they're so. You can tell when it, them and Blossoms are the two newer bands that I'm really. Oh, yeah, I really like Blossoms. Think are great musicians and that. They're so, they're so good. Aussies, aren't they? From is it from Melbourne? Yeah, that that was I think Sydney, I think Sydney. Right. But I remember I that was the thing. I was driving home from a gig, uh, radio on, and I think it was uh, uh, I think it was Joe Wiley, might be. Yeah. Anyway, so she said uh, this next band uh, supporting Liam Gallagher on tour. Mm-hmm. So immediately I've gone, right, well, I'll give them a give them a chance. If they're supporting Liam, I'll give them a go. <laughs> yeah, I'll let my judgmental ears, I'll give them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt immediately. Um I uh and it was Silver, the song Silver. Oh yeah. And it one of them songs, but I love that by the by the end of the first chorus, you're like, right, well I'm gonna love this song forever. Yeah, that's and that's I, so good. During the song, you're thinking, "How can I hear this again? I need to hear what this is called. I need to get this album." And that that song, like as a, the structure of the song, it it just keeps going. Yeah, it's not it's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, middle eight, chorus. It's something, that... something, something, something. It's just brilliant. Who who knew we think exactly the same things? I've I've talked to someone, but I've said to my wife as she's like uh in the middle of doing about four things and not interested in music as much as me anymore yeah. and i'm i'm in her ear going what's great about this song is it's like a verse and a chorus verse chorus verse chorus over and over again <laughs> but it's in many ways it's just like two choruses back to back and it just yeah, builds a bit like. you think it's over and it goes again fucking <laughs> incredible she's like well yeah anyway right what are we doing about the car insurance <laughs> yeah, but, oh, it, but that, yeah. A, i i it's one of them i don't if i've if I'd say I'd listen to that song over 80, 90 times, I wouldn't be surprised. I've listened to that. For, I've, I've put that on about five times in a row. Yeah. Full I'm, blast. And I'm, then I'm, me and Mike Newell were actually talk, messaged each other back and forward on Twitter. I think he was the first other person who I knew liked DMAs. Yeah. I keep telling everyone about it. Rich Wilson, he's the kind of person who will get yeah. on board with that. He'd love them. I've told him about six times, sent him a video of Silver, mm. 
And then I was talking to Mike Newell, and he said about the uh, MTV Unplugged performance. Yeah, yeah. Of them. And that's one as well, you're saying about seeing a song and then seeing it played live mm-hmm. and like stripped back acoustic, MTV Unplugged. Yeah. Uh, some of those songs on there. Um, yeah, Time and Money. Yeah. Beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, Delete. Yeah. So Delete was my first introduction. I think they released it as a single years ago. Yeah, I and didn't like, hear it. it passed me by completely. It, it, it was on, it, yeah. So I, I didn't hear it when it came out. I must have heard it years later. I was like in a Starbucks, like late at night after a gig or something. And I was like, and it was just, I was like, what's this? And then it just that that's the same. That builds and builds. Yeah. And it's like oh, this is. And then you just go rinse the the back catalog there. And anyone who is like me, I just send them their stuff. But it it doesn't always work like that, does it? You don't always get people. Like that, they've got to kind of find them themselves sometimes. That's that's it. I I've said that before that I um I even if it's somebody who I spoke to about music before, like if you now you've we've just expressed that we both love DMAs, Arctic Monkeys, mm. Verve, but if you now say someone I've not heard of and don't know, you'll tell me, Oh, you've got to listen to them and I'll go, Yeah, yeah. A little bit of my brain yeah. I'll go, oh, I've got time for that. Mate, Mike Mike Newell would be great on this podcast. He is like he knows the he knows like the bassist in every band. He knows years oh. when gigs were. He knows album track. He knows. I've been he's, meaning to get him on for ages, yeah. but what I've done is I've left a gap because I know it's going to just revert into talking about Oasis for an hour. Yeah, of course. And that happened it? not long ago, so I'm leaving a gap. Yeah. <laughs> so he he got the, he showed me this other song, and basically the band of best mates were DMAs. All oh, right, and. Because DMAs are obviously they're influenced by Britpop, aren't they? No, no doubt yeah, about the, that. Yeah, the lead singer says he's really into Britpop. Yeah. He's really into Oasis. I think the guitarist um, says he's really into Wilco. Right. Oh, wow. I really love Wilco. But yeah, I heard DMAs on that ra- on the radio and thought I need to know who they are. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they're definitely from Manchester or yeah. maybe. Oldham, they're they're from the Greater Manchester area, yeah. definitely without a doubt. And then I saw a, a photo of them or the video, the still of the video, and I saw them. Like you say, yeah. they've got a kind of East London scruffy hipster look, or maybe a um, scally mank, yeah, cool, cool kind of scally mank look, yeah. And then I found out they're from Sydney. I was like, oh, fucking what? Yeah. They must be sweating their asses off dressed like that in Sydney. And they've got characters within the band, haven't they? So they've got like, the, is it Tom, the lead singer? Yeah. Tommy, yeah. He's like a bit like, but he's not the best looking chap, is he? He's not like a... No. And then you've got the guy with the cap on, the bald head. He's always like a bit quirky. And then you've got the curly hair guy on just acoustic guitar. He's like a character. Got a bucket hat on. Yeah. For a whole a- gig. Wearing a coat for a gig in Sydney, <laughs> yeah, for the MTV nice. Unplugged one. I it's think that was in Melbourne. If, I'm like, he must heard be their, sweating his ass off. Have you heard their um, the cover of that Crowded House song they did? Better be home soon. Oh, what DMAs and Crowded House? You're questioning if I've heard. Yeah, it. yeah. Those two things come together. Yeah, of course I have. And their uh, their cover of Believe by Cher. Yeah, brilliant. I think they did Hole again as well. Atomic Kitten, DMAs. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I it think works. I've, seen, I've definitely seen the share one, yeah. but yeah, I, I went into. A, I get sometimes go down a real black hole of uh, 
because I have a, a tablet in the kitchen now with a speaker, mm. and I don't listen to Spotify in the kitchen. I'm still YouTube, yeah. and, uh, and it does play it. And I went for, down a real hole of just DMAs for ages. Yeah. All the live stuff, all the covers, and um, yeah, that share cover is brilliant. Yeah. But they've got of their own songs. Uh, I think it's track two. I can't remember what it's called now. Off their WA album, they've got an acoustic version of that that just sounds like a different song yeah and when you hear it on the album you're like yeah i can see why they've gone like this big loud guitars mm. but the one where it's just them singing like that oh sweet lord uh, yeah his voice to look at him like i bet he'd admit this himself like not having a go at him but to look at him you would never think he could sing like that no you wouldn't he looks like a nervous bloke in it or something and i, and I think They've really grown as a band. I think they were quite nervous. I think when they first came to, like people have said, when they've seen their early gigs compared to now, like they've grown, they've grown as a band. Yeah, which is that's quite nice, isn't it? It's quite nice to see. Yeah, I'd love that if I was young and into them. You'd really, yeah. uh, it's like supporting a football team. They'd be your band. Yeah, they would. Them getting bigger and bigger, and um, I mean, yeah, because apparently they were in other bands, and they were like. So I've read loads of stuff about them. I was like really obsessed with, uh, you yeah. know, when you love a, a song that much, like Silver, mm. you're like, I have to know who they are. I have to know everything about them. How did they write this? Yeah. And I was watch- I was reading about them and they were in other bands around mm. Sydney and they were just sick of just playing the same gigs over and over again, which is, again, as comedians, we yeah. can relate to. Yeah. And they wanted to try and record something. And they just started, or they just wanted to do, write, other than just play the same songs yeah. or to write stuff. So just as mates, they were just meeting up and just writing songs together. Weren't even, they didn't even consider themselves a band. That's great, man. They were just like writing together. Yeah. And, and then did it. Yeah, it went from that. Speaking about writing and, and stuff and, and song, I've, you know, I keep listening to recently, uh, Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf. It's yeah. complete, completely separate, completely different to what we've been talking about. But you know when, like, the Arctic Monkeys or Oasis, you can kind of see how they've got there. So that you can see how they've got to those lyrics, got yeah. to those choruses. But when you hear something like Bat Out of Hell, it's like completely different to the way I think. And it's like an opera. It's like a musical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You think it's like, um, so you have comedians like yourself and then you have comedians like, like a, like a Nick Helm or a, yeah, and it's 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 like it's like that for music, yeah, yeah. Like when he's talking about like I don't know, it's all about like ravines and vampire. It's just not in my how I think at all. I don't think of stuff like that. Yeah, I reckon maybe do you think he try he was trying to go more operatic when he yeah, wrote it. Maybe that's probably, what he was aiming yeah. for. Yeah, but it was. Um, do you know a guy called Roscoe McClelland, comedian? No. It's Scot- Scottish comedian. Oh yeah, yeah. Roscoe, he's a, I was in Australia with Roscoe. I know of him, yeah. He's a he's a great guy, man. So so funny and so he's just a great guy, but um when his ticket sales, when he didn't sell any ticket tickets, he didn't call the show off. What he'd do, he'd go to his room, turn the lights to red, and he'd sing all the words he knew to the Bat Out of Hell album by Meatloaf. What? In in the room by himself. 
<laughs> and I thought, I thought one time, he ain't, he ain't doing that. He's just saying he's doing it. And then I, I like snuck in and he was absolutely belting it out. And it was I've, brilliant. I've got a lot of respect for that. Not just the music side of it, more the kind of, well, I'm, fuck, I'm paying for the room, so I'm yeah. using it. And yeah. all the equipment and the lighting. Yeah. And okay. who is it for? It's kind of a, it's almost like, became like an art piece. Like, who is it for? Who, what is performance for? It's, it's as much for the performer as it is for the, or well, they weren't an audience, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. But it's, yeah. Um, um, what a thing to do. I just thought that's, that's amazing. <laughs> it's like a plumber from Glasgow. I mean, I'm in Australia watching a plumber from Glasgow who hasn't sold any tickets, singing the, any, singing the words he knows to Meatloaf's but out of Hell album. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that deserves four stars, if nothing else. But if, imagine if that was at the if that was at Edinburgh, yeah, and pitched in a certain way, that'd that'd get traction. That would. No, yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that you can imagine people slowly start coming in. Mm. Yeah, start if no one's there, but then what's the cut off? Has to be no ticket sales by like <laughs> seven o'clock. Yeah. Or yeah, and then they're allowed in. I remember Phil Nickel. I went to see a Phil Nickel show before I, when I wanted to do stand up, um, and he. I know other people had done that, but I'd never seen anyone do that to that that point, and it blew my mind that as you walked into the room, he was sat on the floor, yeah, with an acoustic guitar, playing weird songs and talking yeah. to the audience as they came in, and I and I I I didn't know who he was. I didn't know anything. I was really young. I was about. 18 or something and I just remember thinking oh this bloke fucks off soon so the show can start <laughs> and then he got up and started doing the show I was like oh Jesus I I always have ideas like that and I think you know if I do Edinburgh which is in August I get yeah. to like January and I always have these like really like quirky concept ideas what I'm going to do then it gets to June I'm like I'm just going to do stand up for an hour yeah no I, you I, should I, do more of that because the videos you make yeah, I, uh, stuff like that are really I, funny. Me and Tom Deacon one thought of what me and Tom Deacon thought of one last week actually uh, as a good one about telling the audience at the start you've got this big uplifting euphoric song you play at yeah. the end of the gig if it goes well, and then about fifteen minutes in going just, just take that CD out. There's no point. <laughs> I had an idea that halfway through the show somebody bursts in in like a fireman costume saying <laughs> we hear that there's a comedian on fire in this room <laughs> and it'd be it'd be funny if it's going well and it'd be funny if it was going badly yeah yeah <laughs> um, and I, I did this I did it like a preview when we could like last February and I've got this uh, and it works really well actually I kind of say how I want to do some confessional do something a bit more confessional yeah um, and really open up and then I play some music underneath it. I play that, me, you know, Mika, this is the way you left me. Oh, but I, yeah. pl I play it slightly too loud so you can't actually hear what I'm confessing. <laughs> and, and then as the music cuts out, I say, uh, but in the end, they dropped all the charges. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that works great. You know, when you get like a set piece, you're like, that, oh, that'll, that'll buy me a bit of time. <laughs> what a wonderful... After all that inventiveness that you just said, what a wonderful... That's what it comes down to a lot with stand-up. That'll buy me a bit of time. Yeah, that's that's all it is. This is a great joke, but it's 11 seconds. Yeah. 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 That's the... what. Yeah. What's your thing with Edinburgh, Birdie? Do you still... Because you've done Edinburgh's, haven't you? But you just... Yeah. Are you just done with it? Yeah. 
I uh, I just think, seen through it. I think Edinburgh and everything about it is wholly immoral. <laughs> that's uh, that's my yeah. That's my uh, sitting on the fence take on it. <laughs> I think uh, I love Edinburgh as a city. All my family are from there, but I think it's oh, nice. possibly the worst city on the planet. For a comedy festival, because <laughs> generally it's white middle class Scottish people and white middle class tourists. Yeah, that's not an audience. No, that's it's not, not the audience you play to in Bethnal Green at and the that's, backyard. And it's mental that that's where TV is picked up from. It's yeah. the wrong. It's the wrong sample. It's a, you, you would never test any other product like that. No, and and you you work your ass off all year round doing gigs everywhere trying to get stuff together to do an hour. Mm. And you end up doing an hour. Think of the rooms you've done hour shows in in Edinburgh that you're paying through the nose. If that was a gig an hour from your house, you would do it if it was a Monday night to try new stuff out. You wouldn't pay four grand for it. Yeah, it's ab. It's bo- and what's the what's the uh, what's the end goal of doing Edinburgh? Quite a lot for me. <laughs> you just start be, again. Well, the end goal for me was to do a small tour and yeah. then build up and do your own tour and get people to come and see you. Just do your own fucking tour. Yeah. Even if, what would you rather do? Get twelve people to see you in a room in Edinburgh, or get twelve people to see you on a tour show in Swindon that might come back again? Yeah. Spend that money doing your own tour. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's- and I think that's what'll happen. And especially now, you can, you know, you've got, you know, you can put stuff on YouTube, or you can, you know, yeah. you just you don't. If you're doing Edinburgh, it should be. Because you want to enjoy the month and have a have a laugh for the, for a month, and that's it. And you can afford to do it. But who, well, yeah, who you want to do that? you want to do an hour of stand up every night to improve as a stand up. That for yeah. that, it's brilliant. Yeah, but you don't have to lose four grand to do that. No, like I remember doing Edinburgh, and after it, my uh, agent at the time going, I said, "Well, what did I get out of all of that?" He said, "You got the New Zealand Comedy Festival," and I said, "Yeah." But Jared Christmas got that for me. I didn't need to come to Edinburgh. Yeah. And he, and then I said, and I've lost seven grand. I could fucking go to New Zealand for a month for seven grand. <laughs> Take the family and everything. Yeah. Do the Lord of the Rings tour. It's bollocks. I uh, in Edinburgh. I um, I did, you know, talking music. I uh, for my shows. I always talking to Tom Deacon last week. We were laughing about how you'd have a song at the end of your show that meant something. Yeah, the, the lyrics were linked to the theme of the show. Yeah, yeah. And you thought it was important. Fuck it, the whole audience were out before <laughs> the first verse had come in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what one good one I did have, I quite liked. I had Stereophonics have a nice day. That's, that's a, good. That's a good. It's a good laugh yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, I remember you got what, a walk on. You got a walk on song of choice. Um, do you know what I did? This was a massive mistake. Uh, I was really into Louis C.K. and I liked the way he walked on without an announcement. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. That that's cool. You just walk on. You forgetting that's it's Louis C.K. in a theatre of people that have come to see Louis C.K. Yep. It's not a shitty room to twelve people on a Tuesday night who don't know who yep. you are. You're just making the gig harder for yourself. That's exactly what I did for <laughs> twenty-seven nights in a row. I had um... it's too stubborn to give up. I had, but I had a uh, uh, Noel Gallagher, the death of you and me. Oh yeah, that's nice. But you know, that's kind of your. It's kind of got tones of your persona and yeah, you know. but 
But now I hear that song and I get an instant shudder up my spine of certain death. Yeah. I, uh, I what have you had? I've had, what did I have? Um, so I had a show called The Changing Man, my second show. And it was, oh, lovely. That, that's what my dad used to call me when I was a kid because I could never make my mind up. And the show was all about never know how to make my mind up. But again, it's lost. We we know that, but it's lost on the audience. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, what did I come on? My last cinema show, it was about um, a radio thing I'd done. So I had Radio Radio by Elvis Costello. But again, just lost, just lost on. I know it's not for them, is it? It's for, it's for us to be self indulgent, walking on, having a walk on song. Yeah, oh yeah, I have to. Uh, I see other people, other people walking on, thinking, oh, fuck, never pull that off. Yeah, Russell Brand walking on the Smiths. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, that'd be. What great. did they have? Like last of the famous international playboys or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that would be funny if a little kind of. You know, little skinny white dude from Scotland came onto that. It might be quite funny, but I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Martin Yule has Lay Down by DMAs. Which oh, if you, nice. If you listen to that, that's a great walk on music. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I um, I was going to say about DMAs as well. The other thing I love, I'm a sucker for this with a song. I'm, start, I'm trying to figure out what things... I get obsessed with with songs. And do you know one of them that I can describe is in Delete. I love two people singing different things at yes. the same time. Yeah. I've realised that is something I love. There's a uh, song called uh, Lincoln Park, Waiting for the End. Right. Waiting for the End by Lincoln Park. They've got that. The bloke's rapping while he's singing at the same time. Oh, I don't know. That's, what this, that's the thing I have. Some um, might say at the end they're both singing at the same time, slightly different things. Do they do that in? Uh, I think they might do that in Blink One Eight Two. I miss you. Is it? Oh they yeah, might, yeah. They might do it in that. But yeah, it, I've never really thought of a thing that that's. I like that thing, but I do. But it has to be something completely two different things. It yeah, can't be melody. Leaves are all the leaves are brown, and it's not the same. It's not that. Oh is it? yeah. That's that's a that's a thing that actually that's a good point. That's a thing that could be annoying. It's like mate, yeah. all the leaves are brown. Leaves are brown. Yeah, we heard him. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need you chipping in. What you what are you getting paid by the hour here or something? <laughs> I don't know if you. Um, I did. Speaking of videos, I did this video once about the drummer in an acoustic music performance when there's no drums in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel so sorry for them. They're just like shaking a maraca or something or like hitting a box you just think oh just why did you come you didn't have to come yeah that's why a lot of uh, drummers sort of lit like the drummer from Elbow he left which is uh, such a shame yeah. but I look at quite a few of their songs and I think oh he's got fuck all to do here yeah well it's like the last Arctic Monkeys album he's a fantastic drummer oh he's I don't know how he I think a lot of people know that but I don't know how he's not more rated yeah. Than he, fantastic drummer, and uh, on AM that album, yeah, his backing vocals on that, yeah, he's almost stealing the show on a lot he's, of songs. He's great, and he's, he's he, yeah, he sings a bit. He has cans when he's playing. He's got he's just great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um uh yeah, his harmonies are incredible. I mean, I've I've tried sometimes. I um instead of air guitar, I quite often because I sat next to a drummer at school. Yeah. So I've got the illness of a drummer without being at a drum. 
So mm. I tap along to songs mm. like I'm the drummer and I'd love to be able to drum and do really good backing vocals. Yeah. If oh. you see you ever seen um the band Lev on Helm? He can do it, man. He he's fantastic. Who's we I was talking to somebody else about this that there's not many drummers that can look cool singing. No, he, he normally can't. doesn't look good. But there's Rennie from the Stone Roses. Yeah. There's Matt is it Matt Helders from Arctic Monkeys? Yeah, Matt, yeah. Yeah. And there's I think the best has got to be Levon. What I like about Levon as well, he holds in his left hand, he holds the stick the old traditional way. Rather yeah. than overhand like that, he's got one. And he's singing. And so he has the mic on his right hand side, doesn't he? Yeah. Does he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He has it off to the side slightly, so it looks like he's got a strain to sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does, he sings on, is it Ophelia? He sings the whole thing, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the night they drove old Dixie down. Yeah. That the, on uh, The Last Waltz. The Last Waltz, yeah. What about, a performance that is. Yeah, that's a good film, isn't it? The last waltz, that bit of the night they drove old Dixie down, the last chorus, the audience just spontaneously applaud. Yeah. It's like that that's what the X Factor try and recreate. Yeah. Every week. But yeah. you know there's a floor manager clapping them in. Yeah. That just happened on the last and then waltz. The, the the fake the fake sparks come down then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's what gets me about those shows, X Factor, but it's got talent. They're just giving standing ovations away like it's nothing. Like you've, yeah. you've you, you've, ne- you ever been to an event where there's been five standing ovations? In you can't you couldn't keep getting there as an audience member. No, you, you, no way you could keep getting to the point where I'm standing up for this. This is amazing. I'm you just it it's got to be a crescendo and then that's it. It ends. You can't get there again. I've. Uh... Um, the only standing ovation I can't even I don't even, I can't think of being apart from one I can't think of being in a standing ovation uh, they, they're very rare it tends to be like musicals musical theatre yeah they're very they're really rare yeah uh, but I do remember I do I do I remember one very clearly Lee Evans wow at Oxford Theatre yeah um, and it was a standing ovation where I didn't even know I'd stood up Everyone just were just though. Every everyone was up at the same yeah. time. It was like a like there was no. Come on, uh, come on. He's put a lot of effort in here. Let's all <laughs> yeah. let's all show him a bit of respect, shall we? Yeah. Everyone was up before even realising it. It was f- amazing. Wow. But on the X Factor, that you've got people don't realise there's there's floor managers going uh, waving everyone <laughs> to get up. Yeah. And cueing that that applause where they 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 do their first note where you go oh can he can he sing can he is he a nutter or can he sing yeah he, oh he can sing he can sing and everyone applauds they're cued in for that yeah as well. yeah but I the last that- waltz Levon Helm that that was real there was no floor manager on that Martin Scorsese wasn't waving the, <laughs> he wasn't waving the audience up for that <laughs> where did you watch the last waltz I don't know. My granddad gave it me on DVD, and I just I just put it on, and it was just I, I never How even did heard he tell him. you to watch that. Yeah, watch this, basically, watch basically, this boy, yeah. this yeah. is music. Was it that attitude? Yeah, yeah. Well, I Good used to, on him. I used to drum as a kid. I used to play the drums. Did you? Yeah, I was very, I was actually very good. I was. Do you not drum at all now? I could do. Yeah, I've got a kit at my mum's, but it's been packed up for years. I when you, I'm about thirty-one now, and I think, oh, I used to. But it was probably 15 years ago since I played, or no, probably eight, eight or nine years ago. But yeah, 
but my teacher was like an old big band drummer. Right. So the first time I went in, I'd had lessons at school and he's like, what can you do? And I played him like, he's like, that's okay. But it sounds like World War Three is going off. You need to learn. And he, t- he taught me all the, like the paradiddles and the triplets. And he'd made me, it's, li- it's literally like Mr. Miyagi, this guy. He's like, this is boring. Do I know this is boring, but this will make you so good. Um, like all the five straight rolls and like, to be like in, like swing drumming and all that. And um, yeah, he was great. His name was Lionel in the, in the back back of a music shop in Hinkley. You'd go through and he'd, he's like an old boy. He was he was great. Brilliant. Man. And like he'd get on and do a bit. Like he wouldn't, he'd teach you. He'd never get on the kit really. He'd teach you. Yeah. But if I weren't, really weren't getting on it, like really weren't getting it, he had arthritis and that. He's like, move out of the way. And then he'd just do this thing about like, that is amazing. Like he, if I hit the drum once, and he hit the drum once, it would sound complete. His would sound so ni- so much nicer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it just does everything yeah, better. Yeah, I know that. Everything crisper. Brilliant. I never ever thought of that. You think hitting a drum is hitting a drum, don't you? But no. Yeah, it's it's about hitting it hard enough, but not too hard and clean enough. Because there's quite a lot of, like you can hit a drum and it can ring for five seconds or you can hit a drum and it, duh, like it stops. Like a like a golf shot, like teeing off, just catch it right. Yeah. Or like you All see, right. like um, yeah. It's just it's just he's he was brilliant, brilliant guy. So um, uh, I didn't know you could play the drum. So um, what what would you say though? Uh, to finish off here, what's uh, what's the best live gig you've ever been to? Mm, best live gig. So a lot of my live gig experiences have been kind of um at festivals yeah glastonbury is probably it's probably the so it's probably either the verve at glastonbury or the verve uh yeah the or or blur at glastonbury because blur have got some real anthems like the universal tender yeah like that is a live experience in a big thing is is amazing yeah 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 they're great yeah. Um, hey Josh it's been bloody brilliant to speak to you speaking of live gigs uh, when you rearrange nice. tickets for DMAs yeah. with Mike Newell and you as a bunch of friends I haven't got many friends can I come you can absolutely come mate yeah thanks mate yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'd love to see them we should do that yeah 100% um, and I feel like there's still a band you can get tickets for yeah it's not like the, the the go. You can you can get them, you know. Yeah, but I reckon that'll change. So let's do that. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It'd be great talking to you. My pleasure, mate. A podcast from producer Paul Uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.